Hey everyone, it's Michael here, your host and co-founder of your soon-to-be favorite gym software, and if you don't already have it, it's BizOps. If you caught our last episode, you'll recall the riveting insights from our special guest, Sean Stewart. For those who missed it, Sean's a titan in the fitness club business, having managed and scaled multiple clubs successfully over the years, and his position in the advisory board for Club Solutions Magazine is a testament of his valuable and extensive experience. That's precisely why I brought him on to our show as, as a guest. In the second part of our conversation, we dissect the intricacies of money management and fitness club businesses, because the reality is, it's really not always as glamorous as it looks. We'll also dive into the thrilling world of club financing, and for those with big dreams, Sean's going to share his secrets on effectively scaling clubs. So gear up, everyone. This is the episode that could change the trajectory of your fitness business journey. Dive in, absorb this stuff, be a sponge, and let's elevate our game together. So now I want to talk about funding. Okay, how do you get financing? This is this is on the minds of a lot of gym owners. Our industry is just continuing to grow. It's it's not going to stop. There's more people that are being born every day, right? So we're we're at this multiplier level where we're going to, you know, eventually overcrowd our own country. But we're at the position where more people are also more aware of how they should exercise or what they should do to take care of themselves. And you know, I just heard a, a study that was published recently where people today are now going to potentially be living to 150 years old. So those <laughs> things, since they're, they exist, and even though you know most of our country, 60% of it's obese or overweight, people are taking, uh, taking a, giving attention to the reality that that is a problem and clubs are going to be gym gyms in general. Okay. Brick and mortar locations are going to continue to, to open up and be available. Uh, I think we're going to head into more of a tech sector uh, over the next five to 10 years, but needless to say it exists. And these gym owners want to be the ones that are doing it right. The ones that exist today, they want to be the ones growing and expanding and, you know, taking over a market and, having their region or having a couple regions, how do you get money, right? I mean, there, there's a point where the banks, especially banks today, they're really tight. They've got more check boxes they got to check off. So it's even harder to get funding. I know people who've gone through SBA processes, you know, they're, they're trying to get a, a big roll of cash so that way they can go invest into multiple locations. And this process for them can take up to a year because they, by the time they get their new tax return or they get the tax returns and all the financials and the bank says, oh, well, it's been three months. We need your next set of three months of information, right? So how do you make sure that you're able to provide the right information? You, you have it like a packet. I knew a, a gentleman, he literally had packets of this stuff and he'd just go bank to bank and try and get something <laughs> done. So- what what's your philosophy on the best route to take to get financing so you can grow? That's uh, a, a loaded question, and so I'll simply speak from my experience. Yes, please. Uh, again, as someone who didn't have a lot of money to begin with, and, and trying to go about it on my own, it, it it started with creative financing. And what I mean by that is, number one, coming out of the pandemic, it was a lot easier to have access to money than it is now. You're right. Banks have tightened up. I mean, I, I was able to get some initial financing. But when I say creative, 
it first starts with asking the person you're trying to get financing from, if you're acquiring a club, is there any opportunity for owner financing? You know, can we work out a deal? If you need X amount of down, can I pay that off over time? Uh, and, and so that's where I was able to acquire my first couple of clubs is through creative financing, um, being able to take the down payment and spread that out, uh, owner financing for my, uh, my, my second club, setting up balloon payments based on the pro forma mm -hmm. that, okay, if you want 20% down, can I do five down and then, you know, a 10% balloon and a 5% balloon a year from now and, and, and two years from now. So, uh, and again, for me, it was all just based on, okay, here's what I have now and here's what I can make work. And uh, if, if, if I really want to do this deal, here's the pro forma. Here's when I know I can generate money. And, and, you know, there's a risk on their part, but there's also a risk on your part. And if it's someone. I question. I'm going to sure. pause you for a second. So the first question that comes to my mind is in owner financing, in that scenario, uh, they're willing to take that risk on you. What happens if you don't perform? What happens you get into month six and you've ballooned out and you have no money left to give them. What, what is the deal that is struck between that kind of creative financing uh, setup? It's really no different than the, what a bank would do. I mean, you set it up where if you don't pay, there's an opportunity for default, you know, all the way up to they could possibly take that club back over. Uh, the, the, the hope is number one, you're successful financially to be able to make those payments. And if you're not, uh, I, you know, I was in a situation not too long ago where I had a balloon come up and I said, look, man, I, I've got a lot of different things moving on. Is there an opportunity to take this balloon and break it up into, you know, two payments or three payments? Mm -hmm. So you just, you have the conversations, and anytime when you are talking about money, whether it's a bank, whether it's owner financing, if you are willing to have the conversations, most of the time there's an opportunity to work something out. Uh, again, if, if you set it up and there is a situation where you may have to default, now it's up to the uh, previous owner. Do I have the bandwidth to take this back on? And if mm -hmm. not, then okay. Well, what can we work with? Where are you at? You know, let's open up your books and and, and let's look at things. Uh, but yeah, I mean, initially it's going to be set up no differently than a bank. There's if you don't pay, you, you know, certain things can can happen based on that. So how do you? Um, what would you say? I mean, you're you're at the point. You got six clubs. You're you're growing. You're looking for continued growth. You have some private equity investment. Um, you've looked into venture capital funding. I mean, there's ton, tons of different types of, of financing that exist out there. What would what have you explored so far, and what has been your um, based on your research? What what's been your kind of overall consensus of where you would naturally take this, right? Before you even think about money, you have to have a clear vision of where you want to take your company. You have to have a clear vision of who you are as a business, who you are as a club, what is your brand, what does it represent, and where do you see yourself in three years, five years, eight years, 10 years down the road. When I started off, I did not have that. So money to me probably came too easy than it should have when... Uh, coming out of the pandemic, 
uh, you know, bank, and, and I'm talking about a much lower level of needing financing. I didn't need a lot of cash. I did have some owner financing. I did have some bank financing. I had a little bit of my own money I was putting in, uh, but it came pretty easily. You know, when I did the signature club, I had a lot of TI money that uh, originally I thought I had enough TI money to build out the entire club. But then we got hit with the, the, the escalating of construction costs and delays and next thing you know is a you know fifty five to sixty five dollar a foot club turns into an eighty five and so you've got to bridge that gap so I went from creative financing to bank financing uh, I did do an s b a for my signature club to bridge the gap in between uh the the amount to that we we got in t i to do the build out to what we need to do to complete the project, plus we had to finance the equipment plus we had to finance. Uh, you know, finishes and we needed operating capital to get us through pre-sale and open up the gym and, you know, get us to make sure that we ramp up to where we have, uh, you know, that, that first full rent payment is due. We have enough operating uh, money coming in to sustain all of our expenses. And so, uh, go ahead. Now, I was just going to ask, um, as I think about the, the different, uh, avenues of financing that a, that a bit gym business needs, right? So they, they're likely going to go, most of them, okay, we'll go get equipment and they'll put the cardio on a lease and they'll put the strength on, you know, a, a buyout or they'll just, they'll just do regular financing with it, uh, with whatever equipment financing company they have. So you, you have that and that's one payment. And then you go out and you get, financing to do the build out. And then that's another payment that ensues. And then you have your lease payment that ensues, uh, you know, whether that balloons up or however you got that structured, what's the total amount of money that you would think to get started and to support you long enough. So your business cash flows. And at some point those debt obligations fall off. So now, you know, you're just you're nothing but positive. What, what's the amount of money somebody needs to open up uh, a, a gym based on your experience, because we'll just use your gyms as an example. How much do they need to, to get in and, and live basically for that six or 12 month window? If you're building a new club, then depending on the gap in the build out. Uh, but even if you include the TI, I mean, you're going to need uh, roughly let, let's call it 2 million for the build out. And then anywhere from, you know, six to eight hundred thousand in equipment, and then maybe another two hundred thousand in uh, miscellaneous. That can be operating initial operating costs. That could be some finishes, payroll. Uh, ideally, you have that wrapped in so that when you start presale, and let's say you do a two month presale, and you open up your doors, you have built up your draft enough between two months pre-sale and let's call it the first two months, you know, first month or two, that you have enough revenue already coming in to somewhat be at that uh, break-even level. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't include debt service. And so you need to have enough operating capital to include debt service. And so for me, uh, I, I typically like to have one to 200000 in that initial operating capital budget. And so if you're doing a bigger nice brand new built club. Yeah. You're going to need two and a half, three and a half million. Now you can get a good chunk of that from TI 
and then you're going to have to finance a good, uh, you know, either the balance of it or anything Mm -hmm. that that you don't put in. Now for me, um, I did the S I did an SBA loan and I did it just for that club. And that was, uh, probably a mistake I made at the time is not including the other things that I was doing. Uh, um, again, I don't know if that was a mistake or not. We'll see, but, uh, I just focused on that club. And so I did a relatively small SBA loan because I had a, most of the cash needed through TI and through what I had from my other clubs and then just bridged it with the, uh, with the SBA loan. So that was mainly for construction and operating capital to get the business through the first three to six months. Uh, I did a separate lease deal uh, or financing deal for the equipment, which was both strength and cardio all in one mm. on, on one financing deal. And then I had some other miscellaneous things here and there, but are, are relatively small. They either purchased or did mm. smaller financing through. And so all told, it was about a two and a half million dollar project. What's it take to start making some money from your, from your club? Like, I mean, you're, you, you went from operating clubs, you know, cleaning the toilets. Probably, you probably worked in sales. I didn't check, but you probably worked in sales uh, at some point and you've, you've done the whole process, right? And then you get into this position. This is a common thing. I, I recall owning clubs and, uh, for whatever reason, the staff just thinks that you're, you just got all this money, right? Cause you, <laughs> cause you build this thing. So you wait until you take your payday. Plus you got all this debt tied to you, right? And your payday is like potentially six, eight, 12, maybe three years down the road. Uh, but your staff gets paid today to your point earlier. Like you finally stopped getting a paycheck, right? So what should a gym owner expect when they can start taking money home from their own business if they're building something of your, your size? The the first thing I would say is uh, don't expect it for a long time. You know, if you are starting a club, whether it's acquisition or a, a new club, don't expect to live off of that club for as long as you possibly can. Because even when it becomes cash flow positive, there's still going to be things you have to put back into it. And there's going to be uh, the, the hot water heater that, that breaks mm-hmm. or the, the miscellaneous items that you need to have that fund to be able to take care of. Uh, you know, I was telling somebody not too long ago, uh, I, I was saying, I, you know, I have paid landlords millions of dollars over the last three and a half years. I have paid payroll in the millions of dollars, and that's no joke. I've paid, you know, hundreds of vendors. I have, et cetera, et cetera, before I ever took a dime. You know, paid the government in taxes hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, you know, there was so much money that goes out before I ever was in a position to take a, a, a dime out of it. And that's okay. I mean, my job is, you know, I didn't go into this to create the day-to-day income for myself. Now that's going to have to happen, <laughs> but that, that wasn't the intent. And because of that, I've always been in a position that if I've had the operational cash flow needed to reinvest, then I've done that. But you're right. Things get tight. Uh, you know, for my ramp up going from one 
to two a year later, to a year exactly a year from the second club. So June of 2021, I opened up the signature club. And what I underestimated, and this is a lot to your point, is I underestimated the amount of capital needed to not just to complete it, but to have that initial operating cash flow, the debt service. I underestimated it significantly. And so now you're having to pull money from elsewhere, get additional financing. And that's where uh, you know I mentioned kind of that next level of financing. I was able to bring on a, um, a, a small investor and uh, gave up 10% equity. We put a value on it. The deal was uh, you know cash plus a line of credit that represented the value of what I think the uh, the company was. And so that gave me that needed capital to just get to the point where we could reach that break-even point and that cash flow positive point. Uh, but after I opened up the signature club, I had I acquired a club um, in September of last year, so about a year ago. Uh, so that was my fourth club that I did you know, just months after I got the signature club open and then opened up one January 1st of this year. So anytime you have either a new club or acquired club, you're always going to have operational losses until you can build up. And that's a tough thing to measure. You know, you hope to do that within, you know, six, eight to 12 months. And I, you know, I heard a stat not too long ago that if you can get to cash flow positive in the first year of a new club, you're doing pretty good. Now that's, mm-hmm. that's all in. Um, but I've been very fortunate. The first club, uh, by month three, I was cash flow positive, all in. So yeah, debt service, uh, rent, everything. I had more money coming in than I had going out, which allowed me to do the second one, but I reinvested all of that. Same thing. It, it, that one took me a little bit longer, but about the six or seven month mark, uh, you know, positive EBITDA, positive cash flow. Signature Club, we hit, um, we opened in June and in, in January of this year, we had our first uh, positive EBITDA month. And uh, February, we went down a little bit, but we've raised, we've gone up ever, ever since. Uh, as a company, I've only had one month since January, uh, since June of 2020, where we had an EBITDA that went down. So we, we've, we've got a pretty good formula that for new clubs and acquired clubs, we can build that up and we're still growing. Now with a new club, because you're starting at zero, the ramp up is much, much greater. And so I hope to ramp up our revenues at a much steeper rate in the first, I, I look at it at the first six months, the first 12 months, and the first 18 months. You should have significant growth within each one of those parameters. At the 18-month mark, you're going to reach not a plateau, but what I call a mature club where it's just mm-hmm. you know slow, steady growth. Now, some people can carry that on for a lot longer. Some of them reach that plateau a lot earlier. That's been kind of my sweet spot for an acquired club. It's a smaller ramp up because you're not starting from zero, but it is a ramp up, and that maturity level happens anywhere between the you know the eight to twelve month mark. So that's kind of my formula. That if at those points I have uh, definitely positive EBITDA, but also positive cash flow, then that's a, a successful business. But no, I'm, I've not been at a point where I'm able to take money out because I keep going to the next project. And you need capital. You need operating capital. Sometimes you have to take money from here and move it over to here. 
sometimes you're like, okay, uh, how am I going to make payroll next month? And then you figure that part of it out. Uh, but I'm telling you, Michael, you, you know, for, for entrepreneurs who are starting off, uh, there's there's no greater motivator than not knowing what the hell you're going to do to make it work next week, next month. And when your back's up against the wall, you figure it out. Yeah, you and do. You, you just figure it out. There's a there's a, a buddy of mine. Um, he I told you I think he owns like thirty some clubs now. But uh, when he first started, he was maybe in that eight club range, and we were having a conversation, and he said that uh, he. He pays himself a thousand dollars a location. Now, that was his his deal, right? So, I think one of the mistakes early on that a lot of operators don't do is they don't. You have employees and you have staff. You have to consider yourself as part of that group, and you do have to pay yourself because if you don't, you end up in a position where you have spent all that money. You haven't res- had. It, you don't have any reserves to take care of yourself, which just puts more strain on you. Uh, is that something that you've been doing or is that something that you would advise? Yeah. The answer is yes. Anytime you can pay yourself, you're going to be in a good position because the, the last thing you want to do to run a successful company is to have the stress of not knowing how you're going to make things work at home, mm-hmm. uh, depending on your, your personal situation, how you're going to pay the mortgage and those things that, that level of stress, you, you, you don't, need when you're trying to bear the weight of the stress of owning a club and building a club and uh, operating the club. So if you have the ability, if you don't have any other income source, so that is truly your only income source and you need that, uh, absolutely figure out how to work that in and put that in. And I did that at first, you know, when I had my first club and we got it to cash flow, I was able to take a few bucks out. Um, you know, I've got a management company. So it was the management mm-hmm. company that was, you know, making the few bucks. Again, it wasn't much, but I also had another income stream. I eventually didn't have that other income stream and thought I was going to have to take even more, but that's when we did the second one. So I, I was in a position where I didn't have to take anything out and everything went back into the company. And then we got to the, you know, the, 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 the cash drain of building a new club and what that takes. And so even if I wanted to, I couldn't. But again, anytime you're in a position to, and you can, absolutely. Um, uh, You know, know, I've always lived by that age old philosophy of pay yourself first when you're in a position to, uh, but don't make the commitment to own your own business if you're not in a position to have some period of time of not having to take anything out. Because the last thing you want to do is not pay an employee if they think you're getting paid mm-hmm. or if you don't have money to pay the bills and they know you're taking money out of the company, that's the worst thing that can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. And so you got to be able to, to, to make that sacrifice. Sean, I really appreciate it. Anything else you want to add here? No, I, I appreciate it. I mean, uh, again, for me, uh, hopefully there's some advice that I've uh, been able to give and can continue to give based on my journey, but I, I'm still an infant at learning how to, to own and, and uh, what I do best. And, and this, this is some recommendations that I would give people. If you are an operator by trade and there's a lot of private equity money that's out there and there's a lot of people owning and operating clubs that did not operate clubs uh, and, and grow up. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there is a difference. And I'm an operator, a club operator at heart. And where I have, what I've learned over these last, uh, 
you know, three plus years is I'm at my best when I can be in the clubs and, and, and part of the operations. And that's a mistake that I have made. And again, I won't say necessarily a mistake, but something I have learned is there's too many things that I've allowed to pull myself away from that and forcing myself and being disciplined to figure out a way to be in the clubs more is where I have gone away from and I'm working to get back into because it's when the clubs are at their best, but it's also when I'm at my best. It's when I'm at my happiest is when I can be in the clubs. And so again, if you're new at this, you've got to learn that you may be pulled away from that and you've got to have good operators. Again, I'm fortunate that the years I've been in the industry, I've been able to attract in the fuel fitness brand, some of the top talent. And I'd put my team right now against any team in the industry or any team I've, I've had. And again, I've, I've had a lot of great people and I've leaned on them to operate the clubs, but it's still different that when the owner is in there, the culture is different. The team is different. And uh, you got to be able to manage that properly. And that, that's probably the biggest thing I've, I've learned. I appreciate that, Sean. Hey, if anybody wants to, to get in touch with you, like if, if you're open to like a, a, a quick text chat or a, a LinkedIn chat or email chat, uh, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, I'm open. Uh, you want me to get my email and, and number and everything? Yeah, maybe not your number, but maybe your email. And, and uh, I know you can find you on, on LinkedIn. So it's Sean Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Oh. Uh, but yeah, if you could give your email, that would be good. I think people would appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. So my name is Christopher Sean Stewart. I go by my middle name, Sean. So you may hear both depending on uh, the publication. But uh, my email is Sean, S-H-A-W-N dot Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T at fuelfitnessclubs.com. And yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on uh, social media. Uh, I'm not on there very often. So if, if, if you do reach, yeah, if if you do reach out on on those, it may take me a while, but I will get back to you. Uh, but yeah, I look forward to conversations and, uh, look forward to seeing people and talking to people at many different industry events. Uh, again, this, this is, uh, this is what I do. Awesome. Sean, thanks so much. Everyone, you, you heard it here from Sean, you know, there's some information about, uh, funding and how you get, uh, how, how you can negotiate the right deal. We got into leases. I didn't expect to talk about that, which was really nice. Um, and where you can go to get money and how you kind of need to think about money and capital and how you fund your business to grow. Uh, John, thanks so much for being on the show today. Everyone else, thanks for listening. Thank you. you can always check the show notes. If you want to book a demo with BizOps, go ahead and click that on the show notes. If you want to read Sean, his information will be there in the show notes as well. And I'll catch everyone on the flip side. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, real quick. If you missed something, check the show notes below for a quick recap on those points. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, please share the word with other fellow gym owners too. And take a moment to visit Apple Podcasts and just leave us a quick review. I'd really appreciate that. Your review can help us reach out to more listeners just like you. And if you're a visual person, you can also find our full episodes in our YouTube channel at Sweat Success Podcast. As I always say, sweat is a price we pay for success. Thank you for listening. And remember, go out there, embrace hard work, educate yourself, push yourself beyond your limits. I know you got it. Have faith and watch success follow suit. Thanks.